This presentation has been previously broadcast. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here today on this Tuesday of the fourth week of Advent. I'm Josh Raymond and want to say a big thank you to Patrick Connolly who filled in for me the last few days here on The Inner Life. I had my oldest daughter who is back home with us and so we've got two other daughters that are out of the house that uh, they'll be coming and back home for the holidays here over the next couple of uh, days. So looking forward to that. Hope you also are able to spend some time with family here as we approach Christmas. And for Christmas, do you find yourself, are you one of the people who goes to Mass on Christmas Eve for the vigil or do you go the morning of Christmas Day, or maybe you have a parish where you can go to a midnight Mass. And when you go, how early will you arrive at your parish for Mass? Prior to COVID, if we wanted to be able to sit in the actual sanctuary of our parish for that 4 p.m. Mass, the Vigil Mass on Christmas Eve, you'd have to arrive almost an hour prior to the start of Mass. I think that Vigil Mass was the most attended Mass for our parish on either December 24th or 25th. Uh, There were probably many fire codes that were not being followed for that Mass because of the massive number of people attending. And that was also the Mass where we had a children's choir that would sing at our parish. And through the years, we've had at least one or two of our kids in that children's choir. So we were obligated to attend that one as well. And it was obvious that there were all kinds of people who hadn't been to Mass since the prior Christmas or maybe that last Easter. And the time that I think this was most obvious was right after the change in translation for the different parts of the liturgy. Do you remember when after the priest would say, the Lord be with you, we used to respond and also with you. And that first year when there was that change to the response, the way that we respond now and with your spirit, I remember being at that Christmas Eve Mass, and hearing many people start to respond by saying the old words, and also with you. And we were sitting in the back half of the church, and we could see a handful of heads looking around, a bit confused, realizing there was some change from what they knew from their childhood, and they were only now finding out about it. Now, some of these people that are coming back to Mass for Christmas, they're doing so out of a sense of obligation to their parents. And I think it's easy to tell that some of them don't want to be there. They're just there for that obligation. A couple of years ago, we had two young men, maybe in their late teens or early 20s, but they were sitting behind our family at Christmas Eve Mass, and they kept talking throughout the Mass. And my wife and I, we have nine kids, so we're used to, you know, some distraction at Mass with our kids. But these two boys that were behind our family, they kept talking, and it was talking that was loud enough for us to hear their conversation. And they were saying things that made it clear that they didn't want to be there, even making occasional critical comments 
that we could hear during the scripture readings, during the homily. And I found myself in this situation where I kept on kind of going back and forth saying, ah, do I want to turn around and say something to them? Do I want to ask them to be quiet? And I decided that if they didn't stop talking by the time we began the Eucharistic prayer, I would turn around and I'd ask them gently, gently ask them to stop speaking. I also said a prayer right there towards the end of the homily. And then during the prayers of the faithful, again, I prayed for a reverence and a respect to be shown to Jesus in the Eucharist there at Mass. I didn't want to say anything, but I, I, I just felt like I should say something if we got to that point, the, the consecration, and there was still going to be talking. I wanted that reverence there. But we stood up right after the offering, and the priest said those words, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And at that point, those two young men behind us, they stopped talking, and they didn't say a word for the rest of the Mass. And I was so glad that God had taken care of everything, that I hadn't been the one to turn around to say something to them. Because then at the sign of peace, I was able to turn around, I was able to give a smile, shake their hands, wish them the peace of Christ for Christmas. Because I myself, being a convert before coming into the church, I had been that outsider years earlier, and I knew how important it was to make Mass as welcoming as possible for someone who's coming back into those doors for the first time in months or maybe even years, or maybe it's their very first time ever being at Mass. And this is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life, how we can be welcoming, how we can help evangelize those coming to Mass this Christmas. And joining us for the hour, our spiritual director, Father Sean Kilcally, is back with us once again. Father Sean is a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. He's the pastor of St. Leo the Great and St. Martin of Tours Catholic Churches. He's also the director of the Office of Family Life there in Lincoln, as well as the Freedom from Pornography Apostolate. Father Sean, glad to have you back here on The Inner Life, and I hope the fourth week of Advent is going very well for you. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Josh. It is going great. And I'm um, just getting ready to, to celebrate my first Christmas as a pastor. So I am really excited about that. Well, so uh, looking at that experience that I had there with those two boys that were behind us at Mass, I think this might be a common experience where most of us, we probably want to be welcoming at our parish. But we also want to keep that proper respect, that proper reverence for the Eucharist. Any thoughts on how we can walk that balance of being warm, being welcoming to someone, while not kind of dumbing down and ignoring that, hey, we want this to be a proper attitude, a respect, a reverence, like I say, for the Eucharist? Yeah, I'd probably be myself. um, I've been to a lot of in a lot of different environments, you know, before I was a priest too, and and um, and I have to admit, it's not my preference. Like during the liturgy, like to sort of like, hey, turn and like talk to your neighbor and welcome them and things like that. Um, But I think what happens before and after the liturgy is really important, and um, and so. So I think at Christmas, there is a time when a lot of parishes might have carols before mass starts and things like that, which would be a good time, you know, to walk in. And if you see somebody you don't know, or you're sitting next to somebody you don't know to 
to introduce yourself and, and welcome them and tell them you're glad that they're, they're here. Um, and sometimes we're just shy about doing that. Um, like I'm in a very small parish, but I've had new people showing up recently. And sometimes the parishioners who have been here a long time, they'll say something like, Hey father, who's that one family that was sitting like in the back, right? And, uh, and I'll say, Oh, I, I think I know who they are. They're these people. Um, and then, and then I might say something like, so, so here's what you do. If you see somebody and you don't recognize them, you go up to them and you say, Hey, my name's Joe and i'm glad you're here and introduce yourself and um and, and i think saying i'm glad you're here is is a really it's a really simple way of um of just saying i care about who you are and i'm glad mm -hmm. that you're here today and uh and then talking you know and going and greeting people afterwards as well um and i, I think the more we do you know, in that time before, like maybe what happens in the parking lot before mass starts, you know, it, it takes the pressure off of, um, it, it allows us to have like the proper space and reverence during mass, um, to stay focused on what's central. And, and so what leads up to and what happens afterwards, I think are really the places to show hospitality and to show welcoming and, and and to really be genuine about the fact that you're glad to see people that you haven't seen before. So is that is that kind of the the advice? I mean, you mentioned it, you know, saying that to one one person who might say, "Who's that new family?" But is uh -huh. that also then? Uh, do you prepare your st your staff in that same way, or anybody who's volunteering? You know, maybe ushers or somebody at your parish. Um, that hey, when somebody's there introduce yourself ask what their name is is that is that just kind of the basic yeah, I, I actually, easiest like, way to go forward right i actually just say that at a pulpit announcement at the end of mass to everybody um because because it's not i i don't one i don't have a staff i'm in a parish with 60 families so um if i did have a staff so I you are the you, you're the entire I am staff, the staff. <laughs> i'm the entire okay. staff of saint leo and saint martin um but 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 I think it's 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 even more important that the parishioners themselves would go up to somebody they don't know and introduce themselves and welcome them. And and the stories that I've heard about people who have gone to a new parish and they really felt like a sense of belonging or a sense of welcome there, it was it was the way the parishioners treated them, not the way the pastor treated them. Um, and and how, I, I think that's really important too because. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but my understanding is that you as the priest, you are the shepherd for the flock, for the regular churchgoers, the regular parishioners there. Mm -hmm. And while you can obviously, I mean, you, you evangelize just by going out in the community and wearing your collar by, you know, the things mm -hmm. that you do. But the real work of evangelization really should be done by the parishioners themselves while you are the one kind of guiding and caring and 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 giving that uh that that guidance for the people in your parish right exactly and and so so i'm i'm called to give testimony to what our lord has done in my life which i try to do through my preaching and and in you know the conversations that i have with people um, but, but what really makes me excited is when I see like my parishioners doing the same thing. Um, and, and when I see like there's an event at our parish and people are in the parish hall and I see people 
sitting with people that they don't normally sit with or talking to the people that maybe are new and uh and and maybe people from one neighborhood who are mixing with people from another neighborhood and that that's what really gives me joy um you know i think it might be analogous to like i don't there must be a sense like as a parent when when you see your children really like each other and and there's kind of uh a joy that comes from um like watching you know siblings playing with each other and 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 really our, our parishes if they're families um we really want them to look like that and and everybody has a role of evangelization and it's more effective for just like a normal person a normal person who's a baptized christian who has great dignity to um for them to give witness for for, for them to give testimony i think that's much more powerful than um, a book from a famous Catholic, you know, convert that you might hand to somebody, um, because like, there's a, there's a person right in front of them with a real story that matters. What do you think, you know, as you're talking about this parishioners, you know, being that real person being able to, you know, if, if I, if I put myself out there, which might be really intimidating for some people, um, especially if you're more of an introvert. Um, and maybe that's <laughs> what any advice on that front, because if you're an introvert and you say hi and hello and welcome, you might think, I don't have anything to say. I, I don't even know what to say other than hello and welcome. And at that point, Am I just going to make things more awkward? Am I going to be, maybe I'm not the right person to even talk to somebody. Any advice for that person who's saying, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not good with people, Father. Um, so so I, I think the first thing would be, uh, I, I think the first question I think we all have to ask ourselves is, is am I actually happy when I see new people at our church? Like, do I, do I have a sense that, that that really is bringing new life to our church? and and because an introvert can be happy when they see somebody and still not know what to say, but still be happy and be authentic about that. And, and maybe you just smile and say hi, and, and that's it. But at least you smiled and said hi, and you didn't mm. like make eye contact and look away. Right. Well, and, um, and I, I think alongside with what you're saying, you know, am I happy to see them because they're breathing life into the church? There's also, I'm happy for them because... I don't know what their past is, but at least they're in the right place where they their soul is on a journey, hopefully for salvation. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's and all of our souls have been on that journey, and hopefully right. they're finding the same thing that we've found. You know, and like Jesus yeah. says, the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price, and and when we find that, we're willing to sell everything. And, and if, if we really, if we really believe that about our Lord, um, our natural desire would be that everybody else finds the same thing. Yeah. And, and when that yeah. happens. The, you know, and we, and we shouldn't be able to even keep quiet about it then at that point, <laughs> it should just right. be something that we can barely keep ourselves contained. Right. Our spiritual director today, Father Sean Kilcally, a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, talking about how we can be welcoming to those who will be attending our uh, Mass at our parishes coming up.
here on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And how about you? How do you foster that welcoming atmosphere at your parish, at your church? Maybe you were that person that came back to Mass after being away. What helped make coming back more inviting? Or maybe you're listening right now and you've been away from the church for a long time and you're a bit nervous about going back and you'd like some encouragement or some advice and you're welcome to call in and be a part of the program. You can talk with Father Sean at 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. You can also email us innerlife at relevantradio.com and we'll continue our conversation coming up right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today's programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com slash stgregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and coming up, of course, Christmas this weekend. And how are you making your parish a more welcoming atmosphere? What are some of the ways that you are helping to make that welcoming environment at your parish, at your church? Um, helping so that people who are coming to Christmas Mass or Christmas Eve, the Vigil Mass, that they will have that, they'll, they'll experience that invitation there. They'll feel welcome when they walk through the doors. How are you doing that at your parish? Or maybe you experienced that a short time ago, or maybe a number of years ago, coming back. And what was it that made going into that parish, that church, what made it more inviting? You can call and be a part of the program at 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. And, you know, Father, as we've been having this conversation, I was also thinking along with, you know, the the way that we greet people, um, one of the phrases that keeps on coming to my mind is this quote that, I don't know if it was actually ever said by him, but it's commonly attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. And I think that there are many times, I've seen this um, in my own life, I actually had somebody who had told me, said, yeah, just by watching your example, seeing your family, seeing how you live, you know, I've, I've come back to the church, which really was frightening at the moment because it makes you realize people are watching you and so yeah don't don't mess up don't be an idiot with the things that you say and do but um you know even just in the liturgy itself like you said you know in the first segment not to use that as a time to say hello you know do that before or after mass but even at at mass itself singing the songs there during the course of Mass with joy, with enthusiasm, being happy to be there, not being annoyed at a bunch of extra people who are, you know, they might be sitting in my regular pew in the church or that I'm in such a rush because there's so many other Christmas and family activities and plans over the course of the next couple of days. Just being happy to be there at Mass in the presence of Christ, 
with our other parishioners, that by itself, I think, can be a really strong witness to somebody who isn't a regular churchgoer. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I, I, this Advent season has been really a time of reflecting on that time of preparation for what this preparation that God became man and came into the world, you know, and the fulfillment of a promise that had been made thousands of years prior. And, and at the fulfillment of that promise, there's great joy. And, and so, so for those of us who, you know, we come to mass every single week and, um, you know, sometimes we, we, we can lose sight of the newness of that. And, and the fact that our Lord still desires to come into all of our hearts as if for the first time and, and to do something new. And he always wants to do something new in our life. And so, so for all of us, Christmas is this time of renewing that first encounter with our Lord. And, and if we really kind of let ourselves do that, um, I, I think we do end up responding with more enthusiasm or singing with more enthusiasm or praying the prayers with more enthusiasm as if for the first time. And, um, and, and the fruit of that is joy. And, and we become the people that other people look at and, and they say something like, I, wanna, I want what they have. Yeah, and and that's the most effective evangelization is when somebody looks at another person and says, "I want, I want what they have, whatever they have, like I want that," and um, and and it just makes us more inviting to them. Um, and and so I think you know when when we talk about like what do I have to do to welcome people, and the first step to that is always starting from our own encounter with our Lord and. And we're just trying to do for them whatever our Lord did in our lives, you know, that brought us around. You know, maybe it was the first time we came back to church. Maybe it was the first time we encountered him on a retreat. Um, but whatever it is that excites us about our faith, that that we're able to somehow, you know, allow that to be the gift that we offer, uh, especially to those who have been away for a while, Um and maybe coming out of some kind of obligation. But if they come out of obligation, they see a bunch of people that are there because they really want to be there. Yeah. That, that can change hearts. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking, though, is uh, there might be many of us who, as we attend Mass, we're still wearing masks. We're not able to physically shake hands. Um, you know, there's kind of the distance that's kept between us in the pews, um, things like that just because of COVID. And so if we're wearing a mask, nobody's able to actually see us smile. We don't have those normal ways of being hospitable, of greeting people with a handshake, even shaking hands during the sign of peace. Any thoughts on how to, uh, I guess, still show that joy, that happiness, that welcoming attitude when we have those kinds of limitations in place? Yeah, I think that, like, one of the things about wearing masks is, and this was something I reflected on a lot, is it, it actually forces you to make eye contact more um, because there's nothing else to look at. And, and you can't smile with your eyes. And if you do smile under your mask, your eyes look different than if if you're kind of stone-faced under your mask and and um and, and i think there's still room for us to to say to people like i'm glad you're here or to introduce ourselves without shaking hands 
as as far as people are comfortable, you know, and, and as much as people are comfortable, and and I think in some places there's there's a lot of protocols in place, and some places there's no protocols in place, and some people there, some yeah. places there's yeah, a mixture it by community. Um, yep. Like in one of the things that that I've done here, and and we have a tiny church, you know, there's never been overflow in the parish hall for anything, even Christmas. Um, but I am having overflow in the parish hall for both in case there's a lot of people, but also if people are looking for more distance, that there's a place for them. And, and, and I think that's, that's something that, that could be thought about is, you know, for people who are looking for that, maybe it's a community where that's not the norm, but there are people who desire it. Like, are we, are we setting aside a place for them too? Um, Cause it's such a personal thing that, uh, and it's become like one of the most divisive things I think in the church and the country is our response to, to the current pandemic. Um, and, and as much as we can just provide a way and a, a means for everyone to, to be included and have access to our Lord, um, the more we can do to yeah. do that, the better. You know, as you're talking about that too, another thing that I know I have experienced as a parent, and I'm sure many other parents have experienced this too, some parishes are set up with all kinds of facilities and options if you have a young child, and I, I'm talking, you know, uh, six, 12 months, a year, two years, mm-hmm. a child who just can't sit and be still or is going to be loud, doesn't doesn't understand what's happening. And having been that parent <laughs> where you just feel like, oh, no, I, my kid is going to be just screaming and annoying everybody. And if you're in a parish where there's not really an option, there's not a cry room or there's not a place where you can go and participate in the mass. You know, if there's a screen with audio that's being sent through at a different location, maybe, you know, out in the narthex or in some gathering area or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, that can also be something that can be really difficult as a parent. And I, I have found myself saying to other parents, um, you know, just having gone through that, and I have kids that are in their 20s now, and I've told young parents where it's obviously their first child, and they're so attuned to the noise that little that little person is making. Mm-hmm. And over and over, shh, shh, no, be quiet, shh, no, not right now, shh, be quiet, be quiet. And I'll try and take a moment where it's appropriate. And it might be just after Mass and just say, hey, it's okay. Your child's not as loud as you think they are. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, for that parent, they think that they're being a distraction for everyone. But I think for most people around them, if you've had kids and you've been at Mass like that, you're going to be fairly patient. So even a word of encouragement like that, I think, can be kind of a welcome for a parent that is really worried that they're they're just making everybody stare at them and saying, oh, who's this person that brought their kid to church, you know? Absolutely. I feel like you were at my parish last weekend because I also had talked about that. Um, oh, did you? Because, <laughs> yeah, that same scenario actually happened here and uh, – and that's another reason why I'm trying to like live stream mass into the parish hall if people want a place to go. But a beautiful thing was uh, some of our parishioners, they texted this one mom and they, they were just like, your child is much louder to you than they are to the rest of us. And we're just happy there's new life in our pews. And so, um, so the, the, and just again, doing their best to reach yeah. out and offer some support and, 
And, uh, and I think a couple of other people have asked me, you know, like, would, would it be okay if I went over and offered to help? And I'm like, yes, it would be okay to go offer to help. And, um, like that would actually be beautiful if you went over to offer to help. Um, so, so thanks for bringing up that example. Yeah, yeah. Well, Father Sean Kilcally is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, and our phone number to call in and talk with Father Sean is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Gino is calling in from Corpus Christi, Texas. Hi, Gino. You're on the air with Father Sean Kilcally. Hello, Father Sean. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Birth of our Savior to everybody, all the listeners. Hey, Gino. It's good to have you. Um, thank you, Father. So uh, here's here's my, my little two cents or my little comment. So uh, obviously, or for those, you know, who... I'm a practicing Catholic. I love the Catholic faith. Uh, I serve uh, as an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. And uh, my comment is uh, to make parishioners or, or people feel welcomed at Mass is... Uh, that's just the times that we live in. People have this sense of, I need to be involved. I need, I need to to be noticed, or or give give me a duty to you know to serve our Lord in the parish. And and uh, when I was uh, talking to the screener, I said I, I had a friend, a female friend, who who said uh, she adamantly left the Catholic Church and she went to a non-denominational parish because she was welcomed, she was greeted, she felt this sense of Give, give me a ministry, and and so she became a greeter, and then became you know involved in other stuff. So she she see she loves her non denomination church now because she felt welcomed first, and and they gave her something like a duty to do, and I think that's very important um, for you know for our Catholic uh, parishioners and our, like our Catholic faith is is to give give the parishioners, give the lay people, you know, give them give them a ministry. Uh, what's their skill? Whether it be music or lecturing or extra or a minister or an usher, you know, get get the parishioners involved and just be open and friendly for for all the lay people that are, that are listening. And 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 I hate to use the word clickish, but don't be so clickish, you know, because we are all the body of Christ, and we're just as good as the person sitting next to us in the pew. And that, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, thanks, Gina. And and I think that is important to to always discern, um, like what does this person need, and uh, and and how can we meet that need, and and to always be looking as a pastor, I'm always looking for, like, what are the gifts that that our Lord's given this person, and bless this person with, and how can they, how can we multiply those within our community. Gino, thanks so much for calling in and being a part of the program. And uh, let's uh, go to one more call before we need to take our next break. Father, we've got Joe who's listening in Arizona. Hi, Joe. Thanks for calling into the inner life. Hi there. Um, I'd like to echo some of what Gino said. I'm an usher, and many times we are the first face uh, that people come in contact with. And I do know that uh, with the Christmas masses coming up, we're going to have a lot of people that are maybe coming to church for the first time in a long time, and uh, it's going to be very crowded. But just uh, being, you know, cheerful, being helpful, and greeting them when they come in, and also, you know, when we're handing out the bulletins, thank you for coming, have a Merry Christmas, 
some of that and and when people have questions which i i do want to uh compliment uh relevant radio you know i have a lot of um windshield time in my job i listen a lot um you know a lot of answers i've been able to give people who have questions uh have come from relevant radio and on the subject of children we have rosary makers a lot of times uh you know, uh, we don't have a cry room, but a lot of times, like uh, mother or the fathers have the kids and all that, I'll uh, kind of look out and hand the, the parents a rosary. Maybe this will, you know, make the for the child. And you know what? They calm right down And uh, a lot of times. And, you know, just looking out for those little things. And I, I hate to call it customer service, but it is customer service. But, you know, customer service while serving, you know, the Lord and everything. Joe, thanks so much for calling in. And, uh, you know, Father, as, as Joe is sharing his comments, it also makes me think of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, where, you know, that customer service line <laughs> that um, Jesus said, no, don't send them away. What can we do for them here? And that same sort of thing. Don't don't just say, oh, they can handle it on their own. What can we do to take care of those people who have come, who have, you know, they, they've wanted to be here for a reason. They've come here for some reason. How can we mm-hmm. be the ones to take whatever the loaves of bread, the fish that we have? I'm, I'm talking metaphorically, of course, but mm-hmm. how can we take what we have and be able to offer it and be the one to provide that, as Joe said, customer service? Right. And which is really just, it's really just, again, like handing on to them what we've received from the Lord. And, uh, and, and I've, I think the deeper we can go in our own gratitude for what our Lord has done and our gratitude for the incarnation in our own hearts. Um, it's really the first step to that overflow and, and, and having the energy and, and the desire to, yeah. to allow those gifts to multiply. Yep. Our spiritual director, Father Sean Kilcally, and you can call in and be a part of the program at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. How do you welcome people into your parish, especially as we look ahead to Christmas here where there will be so many other people that will be attending Mass, either at the Christmas Eve, the Vigil Mass, or on Christmas Day? What are some of the ways that you... Uh, help to bring about that welcoming atmosphere at your church, or maybe you were that person that came back to Mass, you had been away. What helped to make coming back more welcoming, more inviting for you, uh, so that you said, yeah, maybe I will come back into the church? 888-914-9149. And Father Sean, uh, when we come back, let's also talk about the aspect of so many people coming back to the church, it's going to be a loved one who has fallen away and how, if they're part of our family, how can we make the most of that situation? We'll continue our conversation and take more of your phone calls here on The Inner Life coming up next on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Oh, come, all ye faithful. 
joyful and triumphant oh come I could listen to the voice of Nat King Cole all day and into tomorrow. <laughs> he has such a great, great, warm voice there. Uh, I remember reading at one point about he wanted his voice to be so kind of have a raspy kind of smoky quality to it. And he would smoke a full pack of cigarettes before walking <laughs> to the studio to record any uh, song or, you know, work on whatever he was doing. And uh, unfortunately succumbed to uh, lung cancer. But what a beautiful, beautiful rendition of O Come All Ye Faithful. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the Our Father, Sean Kilcalley, a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, talking today about how we can be welcoming with so many people coming into our churches and to our parishes here at Christmas. And what are some of the ways that you help to bring about, foster that welcoming, inviting atmosphere at your church? Or maybe you are the person coming back in into the church and something really helped to create that welcoming environment for you. What was it? You can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Teresa is listening to us in Simi Valley, California. Hi, Teresa. You're on the air with Father Sean. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say um, when my kids were little, um, my my baby, uh, she cried so much in mass and I took her to mass every day and there's a lady who was like the biggest grouch in 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 I don't know <laughs> that I've ever met but anyway she came up to me one day after mass and she said you know your daughter's crying sounds like uh, an angel singing so so that gave me a huge encouragement and so mm-hmm. I wanted to just encourage anyone, uh, any young parents out there who are, you know, thinking of their t- taking their kids to church to know that, you know, it, it, it's really not that bad. And what ended up happening is that both of my children ended up um, attending mass every day until they graduated high school. And after they graduated high school, you know, God in his providence put both of them, um, the, the, the dormitories right in front of the church. So God, you know, made that, uh, door open, uh, even after they left home. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Teresa, thanks so much for calling in and father Sean, um, you know, I've had that encounter with other people, too, where it seems like, boy, they just always seem like they're in a bad mood. Teresa talked about that woman who, you Mm -hmm. know, appeared to be the biggest grouch at her parish. But that one kind word and what a just one single kind word spoken in love, it can really turn about and bring a dramatic change in the life, not only for Teresa, but then her children. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about being a parent and that, you know, for people who are coming to church here this Christmas, 
It might be that a loved one who's away from the church might be a parent, might be a sibling, but mostly I hear about parents who have a grown child who has strayed away from the faith. They're no longer attending church. Christmas is one of those rare times that that parent, they can invite their adult child to attend Mass, and that child will actually go. And there are a couple of things that we can talk about here, but first let's talk about it from the standpoint of the parent. If I'm inviting my child back to Mass, what are some of the things that I can do to make the most of this opportunity? Mm. I think, you know, because parents ask me about this all the time too, and 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 I think that really the goal, right, the goal is that, like, we we put that person that we love in a place where there's an opportunity for our Lord to break into their life. And, um, and, and one of the things I bring up with parents a lot is, you know, when, when somebody's not going to mess, we have to ask ourselves like, why, like what's going on with them? Or do we know their story? Do you, do we know what happened along the way? Or sometimes that somebody who was really, you know, they, they used to be very involved in the faith and then some, somewhere along the line, something must have happened. And, um, and, and so there might be an opportunity to ask them, you know, that story and, and to try to do so in a non-judgmental way, just to find out where they're at. Um, but the other, the other thing too, is, is I often ask parents, like, have you ever shared your own kind of testimony with your kids about going to mass? Like, like, why do you, like, what, have you ever told your kids the story of how Jesus entered in your life and changed everything? And uh, because sometimes what happens is if I used to do this, I'd arm myself with apologetic arguments before the holidays so that I could like argue everybody and, and tell them like why they need to go to mass. Um, but that's not really what they need. <laughs> no, they, they, they probably, it would be more effective to simply share with them why it matters to me. And, and like what our Lord's done in my life. And... Right, and it sounds like we might have just lost Father Sean there, but um, we're going to try and get him back. But again, want to throw out the number for you to call in, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Today, as we're talking about how we can make our parish is more welcoming for all of those people who are coming back into the church or maybe visiting your parish for the very first time. And what are the ways that you do that? What are some of the ways that you help to foster that welcoming atmosphere at your church? Maybe you were that person that came back to Mass, and what helped to make that a welcoming environment for you? Maybe you're listening and you are away from the church right now. You've been away from the church for a long time, and you're a bit nervous about going back, and you'd like some encouragement or some advice, and you can call in. Again, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Uh, how are we doing, Nick? Do we have uh, Father Sean back? All right. And so he's still out there. So one of the things that I also wanted to um, talk about here, you know, as Father Sean was speaking about how, you know, we, we look at our own children and if they're away from the faith, why are they away? Have we shared our own story of why 
Jesus has made that impact, why we go to Mass, why it's important for us to go to Mass. And, you know, as we are there at Mass this Christmas, I think it might be good for each one of us to look and see every face, any new face that we see there at our parish, that is the face of someone's son or daughter. And they might be that person who has wandered away from the church. And this will hopefully help us to, again, not have an attitude of annoyance because of so many extra people that might throw off our routine, our habits. You know, they took our parking spot or they're sitting in our regular place there in the church. But that we can say, no, we want to welcome them in. And uh, Father Sean is back with us again. And uh, Father, you know, as we're talking about... You, you were you were saying you know share that reason why Jesus has made a difference in your life. Why do I attend Mass? And being able to share that, um, you know, one of the things that you were talking about the arming yourself with apologetics uh, uh, <laughs> that you can be able to respond to any sort of criticism or question that might come up. Uh, I, I years ago, our executive director here at Relevant Radio, Father Rocky, he had made the comment, and it really stuck with me. He said, "You know, Jesus never told us, thou shalt be right.' He said, mm-hmm. "Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You don't have to win an argument. You don't have to be the one who says, there, see, I'm right. I told you so.'" We need to love those around us. And, you know, that I, I think that's such an important point you're making. Let's also talk about here in our remaining few minutes, the parent who invites their child back to the church, they go to Christmas Mass, that child does, but then nothing changes. The child doesn't return to the faith. As a parent, you can get your hopes really up, you know, hoping that this moment of them coming back at Christmas, it might be this turning point. You're praying that your child comes back to the faith. And then when they don't, that can be discouraging. So any advice on how to deal with that, how to not become discouraged, but to just persevere in praying and being that 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 example and witness for them in the moments where we can? Yeah, I, I think the parable of the sower is always an important one to go back to, you know, where, like, the sower sows the seed where he will, right? Some falls on the path, some on good soil, some on rocky soil. It doesn't say the sower looked for the soil that would respond and only put the seed there. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, I, I think for parents, the, the biggest struggle is, is them themselves feeling like, I must have failed somewhere because my child isn't going to mass anymore and 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 that's not that's not the case like when when we become adults we make our own choices and 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 so to continue to to just continue to persevere in, in praying for them and and having like have mass offered for them when they're not going to mass anymore um, like offering mass for people is powerful and like I've had siblings who are away from any form of the faith and 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 I think it was when I was studying in grad school I realized I could be offering mass for my sibling like every day and and so I did and um and that did more good and I saw more movement in their heart when I started doing that than any any conversation that I'd ever have with them um and, and interesting that that our lord saint joseph the blessed virgin mary they can always make up the difference you know because sometimes we have fallen short, and we've all fallen short, or else we'd be canonized saints. 
Um, right. But they can <laughs> they can make up the differences. You know, where wherever I've fallen short, I always ask our Lord. I'm like Jesus. You have to like straighten out that because I've really goofed up that conversation I just had with somebody, and uh, or I feel like I really fell short in that appointment I just had. I need you to make up the difference, and, and trust that He will. Yeah. Um, well, and, because, yeah, as much as we love our own children, as much as we want them to be in union with God, as much as we want them in the church, God loves them infinitely more than we ever right, will and right. wants absolutely the best for them. Father, we're just out of time here. The hour just flew by, but I'm so glad you were with us to have this conversation. As we're in our last 30 seconds here, could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Father Sean Kilcally, our spiritual director, you can find out more about him uh, going to the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska website. He's the director of the Office of Family Life there, as well as the Freedom from Pornography Apostolate. Of course, want to encourage you to stay tuned for Mass, and then join us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Christmas music. What are those Christmas carols, Christmas songs that we sing at Mass that have made an impact in your life? We'll share our own stories and look forward to having that conversation with you here on The Inner Life tomorrow. Have a blessed rest of your day.